Hello, and welcome to the Everything Publishing Podcast, brought to you by Self-Publishing Services, the industry leader in author services and independent publishing. Today, you're here with me, Danica Winters, and I am a Publishers Weekly, Nielsen Bookscan, Walmart, Amazon, and Kobo bestselling author of over 20 novels. In addition to writing for divisions within HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, and Macmillan, I am also a successful hybrid author. I'm the owner and business director of Self-Publishing Services, a business I'm extremely proud of. And I have to say, my greatest source of pride is our outstanding customer service and the desire to be, first and foremost, our author's advocates. If you have any questions, comments, or requests after listening to this podcast, please contact our company at selfpublishingservices at gmail.com or find us on social media at sp underscore services or you can find me at Danica Winters. Today we're going to be talking about the state of publishing and how it has shifted in the last five to ten years. You might be surprised, but what was right for you as an author five years ago may not be right for you today. Join us as we delve a little bit deeper into this topic and talk about things that are going to affect you as an author and your business model. All right, so let's jump right in. Originally in publishing, there was really only one way to get your voice out to the public, and that was through the traditional publishing process. Ten years ago, this was kind of the big guy in the room, and there were six, the big six, as most people called it. These are the big companies out of New York and London that publish books around the world. Now, some of that has shifted thanks to the economics of the United States within the last few years, and we have conglomerated now to calling what we, we call them now, which is the big five. Within the big five, to get your foot in the door, typically, you would have to have found an agent. That agent would take your manuscript or your book and pitch it to an editor. Yes, most people know this. Um, Within that, if the editor liked the book, then they would take it to a panel. They would go over the profits and losses. They would end up having to get approval from a panel of people basically looking at the business end of the book and if they thought it was going to make them money. That has not changed at all, and it probably never will because traditional publishing is in it and into publishing for one reason, and that is to make money. So to get into traditional publishing, you I love to tell authors this, but you have to be the same but different. So if that is your goal, even today, great. That is awesome. Good luck, guys. It's super hard. Um, But I'm sure throughout these podcasts, we'll delve a little bit deeper into the traditional publishing route. Um, But within that, so you have to find your agent, which is a struggle, and we will talk about that in later podcasts. Um, But you have to find your agent, and then... Within that, you really have to have them believe in you and you have to have your editors believe in you and you have to have the marketing teams believe in you and your 
PR person and marketing people believe in you. And it's, it is a struggle. It's a major struggle. Um, but if you're lucky enough to break into that business, go for it. Okay. So the second business model that is available in publishing, and it still is today, it was really big five, 10 years ago, is vanity publishing. Vanity publishing is a publisher that you pay to publish your book. This, oh, I have to take a deep breath. Um, so <laughs> I have to be careful what I say here, but with vanity publishing, that means that you are giving them money to take royalties from you. So within that model, you're making very little. Um, if you are giving people money, you should never allow them to keep any rights to your book or take any royalties from your project. It's just a business model that um, takes advantage of authors. So then there's a third business model now, which is self-publishing. And self-publishing is the bomb. It is so much fun because you have options that you don't have with the other two. You can, if you're a controlling person or you like to be really, really involved with the process, self-publishing might be the best fit for you. Uh, I was terrified when I started working in self-publishing because I really didn't understand it. It was very clunky. It was hard to use and it was expensive. Uh, especially a few years ago, and it still is pricey. Um, one of the things about self-publishing is that you really, really have to invest in your product, your product being your book. You should expect to pay for your covers. You should expect to pay for your editing. And I love it when authors come to me or fellow authors come to me and are, say, are saying, you know, hey, I have my mom, she's an English teacher, and she can totally edit my book for free great. Take advantage of that, but don't take advantage of it at the initial um, editing layer. Where you'd want your mom, the English teacher, to read and edit your book is at the proofing level because she is not going to be able to tell you what is what readers are looking for. She might be able to do a little bit of a beta read for you, which means getting the feel of a book and listening to the concepts within it and giving you ideas but a true, what we call either developmental or substantive editor is going to be able to pull the threads of your book out, look at them independently and tell you whether the structure, the flow, the format of your book is actually what it should be for the general public. You cannot put a book out that the public doesn't react well with. Well, I guess you can, but if you do, it's not going to be successful. So why invest in a product or the book if you know it's just going to flatline as soon as you release it? <sighs> okay, so that I will get off my soapbox. No, I won't because this is a podcast and I can kind of do whatever I want. And that is awesome. So as far as those three models go, they are two of them are legitimate. Um, that vanity, vanity publishing, I am not going to talk a whole lot about just because it's more of a warning to authors that do not sign your rights away unless you are getting money for it. Um, through traditional publishing is kind of what I'm meaning there. Um, but do not sign your rights 
away or give royalties to a company that is not going to do their very best for you. And none of these vanity publishers will do a whole lot for you that you cannot do for yourself or find a team that can help you. Now, on to dealing with traditional versus self-publishing. I want to talk to you more about this traditional publishing idea. Um, I teach a lot of classes all over the world about this. Uh, so don't be afraid to ask questions on social media if you have any. Again, you can find me at Danica Winters. Okay. All right. So let's get going. So traditional publishing is the gold standard as far as what your mom and your uncle are going to think. You have made it in so many people's eyes if you traditionally published. But the reality of it is not quite what you think. The days of these huge advances are kind of gone. That's not to say that they aren't there and you can't get an advance. And an advance is money that the publishing company gives you when they sign the contract for you to write books or if they pick your book up. And this is money that is taken from your royalties later after your book goes live. So it's almost like a loan, but it keeps you stipend while you're writing. A hundred years ago, it probably was enough to make a salary. And it can be today if you're snooky, I get snooky so dated, but if you're, uh, let's see, Brad Pitt, <laughs> also dated, but I'm 35, I can do this. 35-ish. Okay. But if you want to make a living, it is really, really hard to make that off of one book. Now that's not to say that lightning doesn't strike and we all hope for it as authors that our book will come out, our one book, and it'll hit the New York Times and it'll hit USA Today and we're just off to the races and everything's fantastic and unicorns fly around us and we're under rainbows and the gold pots and all of the things. But that really, really isn't what I'm seeing at all. Um, the reality of it is for some of the companies I write for, when I talk to the other authors within the lines that I'm in, they have day jobs. A lot of them are teachers, doctors, lawyers. Um, and this is in the world of romance where I kind of get my feet wet. Um, but within that, these people are requiring jobs where you make uh, incomes, a stable income. The problem with writing is it's what I call a passive income. And a passive income, you can only get, obviously passively, but for traditional publishing, you only get paid most of the time quarterly or biannually. So you may make really great checks, but it's only every three months. Can you survive on that? Are you financially adept? Are you smart with your money? Then maybe. You know, I'm not going to say no. I, I hate to give blanket statements like that. But for most of us, it's pretty darn hard because you don't know what you're going to make. You can guess, but you really don't know until the, until the checks come in. Along with that and along with traditional publishing is what is called remaindering. And remaindering is where they hold back funds to cover books that are returned from your distribution points, from Barnes & Noble, from brick and mortars, uh, and even books that are returned from consumers. So you, it's a terrible business model sometimes for the author, but it is, it has its benefits as we're, as we uh, talk about today. So as far as that goes, 
and the money side of traditional publishing, it's tough. It's, it's honestly kind of hard. You don't make as high of royalties as you do with self-publishing typically, actually never that I can actually, that I can think of, um, in self-publishing, jumping to that docket, you control your release date, you control your title, you control your cover art, you control your metadata, keywords, categories, and nodes. You control everything. So if you see something is not working, if it's not hitting the market like it should be, you can literally go in there the same day, adjust things, and watch your sales live. And with that, you get such better control over where you spend your advertising and marketing budgets. And also if you can kind of get your pulse on culture, you can play with things as far as keywords and categories that you see going well, that you see blowing up on the news. Um, and like, if you have a book that is about military fiction and you see something that aligns with something in your book, you can ingest that data behind your book to flow in with what is happening in the live culture and news. So it's pretty interesting the things that we have access to that we really, really didn't have access to even 10 years ago. <sighs> okay, so more, more about traditional versus self. We've talked about the money. We've talked about uh, control. We've talked about the prices to do certain things. And one of the concepts that is foreign to most people when they look at traditional publishing is they go, you know, it's great because they cover all of those costs where I would have to cover them if I was self-publishing. True. Traditional does pay for the editors. They, the traditional publishers um, pay for your covers. They pay for your distribution. They pay for all of these things. But again, they're taking that overhead and pulling it out of your royalties and keeping a stipend for them, which is fantastic if that's the model you want to follow. But traditional publishing, um, is, is a different beast. I mean, traditional publishing, you have to have a, a budget set aside for marketing. Gone are the days where you could just be like, hey, cool, I got a publishing contract. I don't have to do anything. I can go back to writing the next book. I don't have to talk to people. Yeah, that's totally not it anymore. Um, I am very public with my life. I've actually had to lay off a little bit because of safety issues. Um, but I'm out there in the public eye. I am at conferences, I'm at events, I'm putting on conferences, I'm volunteering on book events, and I'm doing philanthropic events to help that kind of align with whatever the themes of my books are. So I try to give back as much as I can, but in the end, it all comes back to being seen, marketing, networking, and it does not matter to me whether it is for traditional or if it's for myself self-published projects, I have to be there. So I'm spending the same amount marketing in my self-publishing side as I am with my traditional books. So there's kind of a wash there. So the initial prices of self-publishing are, let's say a couple thousand dollars, where I don't have to pay that with traditional publishing. They cover that. But is it really worth giving them all the rights? To me, honestly, I'm going to say yes. 
Um, and why do I say yes when I'm like such a huge advocate of self-publishing? So the reason I say yes is the differences, the biggest difference between self-publishing or traditional that just is never going to probably go away is that traditional presses have distribution that self-publishers will never or will struggle to have. Uh, distributors are the ones that control which books go into which bookstores. So it is pretty hard unless you have just a kick-ass book launch where you sell hundreds of thousands of copies to get seen by these distributors and get put into Barnes and Noble and brick and mortars. So that is, that is a pitfall with self-publishing. That being said though, the average author only sells 500 copies. That's even in traditional presses. So kind of figure that out. And I hate to be the one that tells people that it's, it's heartbreaking um, because we always wanna see our books just go crazy and have people love them. But it is a hard, hard business. Um, and if you're just joining it now, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, but it, you have to have the calling to want to do this. You have to be incredibly determined to become successful as an author. And you have to be a bit lucky. And I say that with a little tongue in cheek because it's not just luck, but it is also getting your buns into the right seats. You need to be seen. You need to go to conferences. You need to talk to editors and agents. You need to talk to fellow authors. You need to talk to companies that do and are interested in what you're doing. The more you can educate yourself, the better off you will be. And that is our goal in, in coming to you today is just to help you make educated and smart choices about your career as an author. One of the things that I love to talk to authors about, especially when they're starting out, is writing a business plan. If you go to our website, www.selfpublishingservices.com, we actually have a simple business plan model for authors. It's like two pages long. It asks you all the questions that you need to ask yourself as an author and a small business owner in order to become successful. If you're kind of blindly wandering through this process, you're not going to make it. And I and I hate to say that, but it's just the honest truth. It is so hard. You really have to keep your eyes on the prize the whole time, regardless of where you're at, new or old in this process, um, because the world is constantly changing. And just like we came to this, I mean, where publishing will be in 10 years is incredible to think about. And I can't wait to see what new options are available to self-publishers. I see some really cool things happening right now that traditional might have a hard time keeping up with. Um, not to say that they won't, but they are just a, a little bit slower to come to the party than we are as self-publishers. So again, if you have any questions, reach out, contact us at sp underscore services or me at Danica Winters. I look forward to hearing from you. Enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to reach out to selfpublishingservices at gmail.com or find us on any of the social media platforms at sp underscore services or contact Danica Winters at Danica Winters 
on social media. We look forward to hearing from you, and we look forward to bringing you many more episodes all about everything publishing. Thank you.